InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Across America, loneliness has greatly increased since the pandemic. How can those feeling lonely make connections with others and break free of isolation? With the story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Dr. Jeremy Nobel is founder of a nonprofit organization called the Foundation for Art and Healing, which launched an initiative called Project Unlonely. He's also on the faculty at Harvard Medical School and the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health and has written a book called Project Unlonely, Healing Our Crisis of Disconnection. Dr. Nobel, loneliness is being called an epidemic. Is it any more widespread than it always has been in the past? And if so, why? Well, to the extent we can measure it, Roy, yes, loneliness has increased dramatically since the pandemic, but even before that, for the last decade or so, a number of factors driving that. So it has certainly reached the status, I think, of a public health crisis and one that we all should be better trying to understand and to the extent we can navigate it. Are electronic screens playing a role? There is no question that the increased digitization of our world, while it's connected us in some ways, paradoxically, has disconnected us also. You might have 6,000 people following you or engaging with you on Instagram, but which one of them is bringing you lunch tomorrow if you're homesick? I think in the past we might have pictured an elderly person who lived alone when we thought of someone who was lonely, but today that cuts across all age groups, doesn't it? It certainly does, and it's probably a good time to point out a really important difference between being alone, which is isolation, like the older person you mentioned, and being lonely, which is a subjective feeling. It's a gap between the social connections we want to have, we aspire to, we wish for, and what we actually experience. And so, important to recognize that, yes, being isolated can make you lonely, but you can also be lonely in a crowd. And that's something that is bothering more and more people these days. Dr. Nobel, you write that there are three types of loneliness. Can you explain what those three are? Sure. So loneliness is a mood. It's an emotion. It's a brain state. It's not an illness itself. And like other big emotions like love, there are different kinds of love, for instance. There's relationships with other people. There's love of country. There's love of neighbors. There's love of God and so on. Well, the same is true for loneliness. And I find that there are three types of loneliness that are really useful for people to keep in mind. Psychological loneliness. Do you have someone to confide in, someone to tell your troubles to? Societal loneliness. Do you feel systematically excluded because of some trait or characteristic, maybe race, gender, disability? And then most interestingly, I think, a kind of spiritual or existential loneliness. Do we feel connected to the bigger human story or the universe? Do our lives have meaning and purpose? Do we feel we have consequence? And interestingly, each one of these types of loneliness can be quite devastating and challenging. And of course, you don't have to just have one type of loneliness. You could have all of them or none of them. And that's why it's important to educate oneself about what loneliness is what types of loneliness you're dealing with, if in fact you do feel lonely, and then, of course, what you can do about it. That last type of loneliness that you mentioned would seem to also have a connection to the loss of religious faith that I guess most of the Western world has experienced. 
Well, I think it is one of the notable facts that number of people who say they are part of a religious group has declined dramatically over the last 20 or 30 years. Every indication will continue to decline. I think that is actually increasingly true in other countries as well. And religious connection has actually been a great source of connection on authentic levels for many people for a long time. And so that is one of the factors, I think, driving disconnection, as is greater number of people living alone, greater number of people in gig economy jobs and other scenarios where routine engagement with other people is less common and frequent. And these are all the things that taken together are really making us more disconnected. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Jeremy Nobel, the founder of an initiative called Project Unlonely. Doctor, is this phenomenon confined to the Western world or are places like, for example, Africa also experiencing this? Well, loneliness is very culturally determined, as you've quite rightly pointed out. We know that loneliness is very important in non-Western societies. In fact, Japan has a minister of loneliness appointed a few years ago. So recognize that loneliness is an important factor in that culture. There are some cultures like Africa where the concept of being communal is so tightly woven into the fabric that I'm told that in some parts of Africa, in the language, there isn't even a word for lonely, let alone loneliness in the environment. So it really depends on the culture and how people organize their sense of being connected, not just to other people, but to themselves as a way to have that enduring sense that they belong somewhere. Explain to us how loneliness can affect physical health. Yes, a really great question. So let's start on the mental health side. It doesn't surprise people that loneliness is perhaps the biggest preventable risk factor for depression, addiction, and suicide. But it really surprised people around 15 years ago when good research came out that loneliness also impairs physical health. Much better research has been done over the last several years. And now even the American Heart Association cites loneliness as increasing the risk of heart attack, stroke or death from either by 30 percent. It increases the risk of dementia by 40 percent, increases risk of diabetes by 50 percent. So taken together, the bad news is loneliness won't just make you miserable, but it can kill you. The good news is it doesn't have to. What are some of the potential solutions to this loneliness epidemic? If the problem is loneliness, the answer is connection. So how do we connect? So there are many ways we can connect, but one of the most interesting and powerful ones is through the power of creative expression, telling our stories to other people. So we show up in a very real way as people who have issues and concerns in their lives that other people can relate to. And when they relate to us, they then share their stories back with us. So that's one way. But there are other ways also. Being out in nature often connects us to the bigger world, makes our stories and our relationship to that world feel achievable and feel like we matter. Serving other people is a way to be better connected. Again, to realize there are things in the universe that are bigger than our own concerns. And so a number of ways to navigate loneliness, but of course it all begins with being aware of loneliness as an issue and then having the courage and the motivation to address it. Project Unlonely is the title of your book, but it's also a program and initiative that you've undertaken. Tell us what that is. 
So Project Unlonely is a project. It's not its own organization. And we launched that oh, about eight years ago with three goals. One is to increase awareness of loneliness and how bad it is for your health. That's much easier now after the focus on loneliness through the pandemic. But there's still many people who don't know, for instance, about the physical risks of early death of loneliness and so on. We also have a goal to reduce the stigma that surrounds it. Despite more people talking about loneliness since the pandemic, there are many people who still feel a sense of guilt and shame around their loneliness, as if they're flawed or broken or inadequate in some way. So that's a goal for us, to get people to talk about loneliness and recognize that many people experience it. And then the third goal is to take arts-enabled programming and make it broadly available as a way that people working in their communities, because we don't deliver the Project on Lonely programs, they're delivered by a wide variety of community organizations, schools, libraries, museums, community centers, sometimes healthcare settings, that they don't have to tolerate this awful sense that they don't belong, that they don't have a sense of connection to others, and can find the way towards that sense of connection and fully embrace being healthy and well in a connected way. So that's what we're up to with Project Unlone. Dr. Nobel, we're wrapping things up. Any final words of advice or encouragement for someone who is struggling with loneliness or isolation? Absolutely. My first piece of advice is if you're struggling with loneliness, please know that you're not alone. Many people struggle with it. And also know that if you're lonely, you could think about loneliness as a signal, an important biological signal. Just like thirst is the signal that you need hydration, loneliness is a signal that you need. We all need connections with other people. Very few people are embarrassed or guilty about being thirsty. Why do we feel embarrassed and guilty about being alone or lonely? And the answer is it's a cultural construction. Our culture makes us, invites us to feel we're inadequate or flawed, but it doesn't have to be that way. So my guidance to people is if you are feeling unlonely, recognize it's a common feeling. There are ways to be connected to yourselves and others. Learn about those ways. Have the courage to explore better ways to be connected. And through that connection, invite yourself into a different way to make sense of the world, fully connected and as healthy and well as you can possibly be. Dr. Jeremy Nobel from the Project Lonely Initiative and the author of the book, Project Unlonely, Healing Our Crisis of Disconnection. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, improper diagnoses of women's health problems. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 